Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Did you want to tell folks what in Lakesh means? In Lakesh is a Mayan phrase, and it means you are my other me, tu eres mi otro yo, we are a reflection of each other. And so it's a beautiful message we love to share with our community, and that message is very much embodied um, in our dance classes and all of our events. Hey listeners, my name's Cherie, and I'm a production intern on Right Now-ish. I'll be your host for this episode. Today, I spoke to Jahaira Fajardo and Angelica Medina. They're the co-directors and founders of In La Keche Dance, the first queer salsa and bachata academy. Nothing brings people together like some food, some music, and some good dancing. When I'm in a place where I feel like I belong, I know I can count on a friendly smile and an introduction to help me feel included. When I went to a class at In La Keche Dance, that's exactly what it felt like. Warm, inviting, and filled with kind people. Yes, it's nice to dance alone at home and, you know, be be in your element. But I think there is power. Um, there's like another element of like community, collective healing that happens when you are surrounded with people who can share that same feeling of joy. It's hard to find community when your options are limited and even harder to build it yourself. That's the thing. You might know what you're looking for, such as queer inclusive dance classes, but you don't have a community unless other people are looking for it too. Jahaira told me that when In Lakesh started, both of them underestimated how many people would be interested. Oh my God. Yeah. That was so incredible was because amazing. we had our first audition yeah. August 2nd, 2017. And we thought, oh, you know, maybe we'll have like mm-hmm. four couples, eight, eight to 10 people. 58 people showed up to our auditions and we were blown away by the reception we were like okay our people want this mm-hmm. you know queer and trans people want to dance in lakesh has only grown since then thanks to the dedication of the couple at its center angelica who keeps her hair dyed a deep vibrant purple and her wife jahaira who wears gauges and often sports large cornrows like any passion, turned hobby, turned profession, Angelica and Jahaira started as dancers and as a couple before In La Keche Dance was established. How did you both meet? Yeah. We met dancing. Yes. Yeah, we met in San Francisco mm-hmm. at a bar called the Neck of the Woods. It was like a dancing 
social, social. night. And yeah, I had seen Jahaira dancing and I went up to her towards the last kind of part of the night. Um, and I was like, do you want to dance? And she almost said no. <laughs> it was late and I was tired. And it's interesting because in these spaces, the last thing I ever think is that anyone's going to see me or these are very heteronormative mm. spaces that we're in so I never go with the mindset of that I'm gonna meet someone or that I'm gonna you know anything like that so I was very surprised when she approached me yes <laughs> and, and so we had a nice dance yes it was very lovely and then at the end of the night she asked me not for my number but for my name <laughs> <laughs> and yes. I'm glad she got my name yeah. and she remembered. She <laughs> said, Angelica. And so the next day I, I went searching on Facebook. I had a nice dance, so why not connect? And she was very surprised that I found her. And yeah. I mean, I was trying to make it clear that I was into her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I hope I made that clear. But yeah, <laughs> she did message me the next day. And it was, yeah, beautiful connection from there. We started dating mm -hmm. and... The rest is history. Yeah, that was nine, <laughs> nine years ago. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Sometimes couples can't work together. Mm. So how did you two discover that you could? Mm. Um, I guess competing together, performing together, learning a choreography together to then choreograph together. I think um, that process made it so for me so that I know that we can, okay, we can hear each other's perspectives and thoughts and ideas. And it's definitely not easy. I mean, I don't think any coupleship or marriage or any time of partnership is easy. And I still feel like we do really well together. I think one thing that helps is like enjoying each other's presence. Yeah, it's um, it's nice that we like each other. <laughs> we were just saying that, walking. I know, we were just saying that. Because we do spend a lot of time together mm. and... We work out together, we eat together, you know, we run a business together. Mm -hmm. And I was just telling her, I'm so happy that we like each other because, mm -hmm. you know, it could just be the work thing. But yeah, we, and like she said, it's definitely not easy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to, you know, have support in order mm -hmm. to keep the balance between our, our marriage and mm -hmm. our partnership. I wanted to switch it up a little yeah. bit. What is your earliest memory of dancing? Yeah, I would say me being five years old and dancing to Selena in front of the TV. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty that's simple. Really beautiful. <laughs> you know, for me, it wasn't until I can say that I was about eighteen that I that I became kind of like a club kid in New York City, where I grew up, and so I, I used to listen to like and dance to a lot of house music, techno music. And I started, you know, I was 18, 19, so I was going to all the clubs. I never really thought about it, but that 18 is probably, 19 is probably my earliest memory of me dancing, so. What about your videos from home being 15, That 16? too, yes, true. We always had, you know, growing up in a Dominican household, we always had parties. I think I always kind of like attributed dance to my sister because she was such a dancer. And I was, oh, that's not for me. And I also felt because I think because I was a lesbian <laughs> that it is just not okay for me, you know. And I just was like, yes, we had parties, but, you know, I didn't identify as like, oh, this is my chance to dance. I was always very shy and didn't want to dance and wanted to hide my body. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until I got a little older. 
what did you notice was missing from the Latin dance yes. community mm-hmm. that led you to founding In La Cash? Oh mm-hmm. my God. I was very blessed because when I asked, when I met my dance directors, they didn't even blink an eye when I told them that I wanted a lead. And in 2013, 10 years ago when that happened, um, there were, I want to say, maybe three female leaders in the whole Latin dance scene mm-hmm. that we knew of, at least in, in the Bachata. United States. Mm-hmm. The heteronormality of, mm-hmm. of the Latin dance world did feel very limiting mm-hmm. to me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I always felt like I could only bring a certain percentage of myself into those communities. Mm-hmm. And a part of me had to be left at the door. It's not very open also for female leads, right? doesn't give like that opportunity or even the choice. I feel like a lot of classes are so rigid and they assume um, gender and then they place the dance role upon Upon them. So there's a lot of assumptions made. Uh, I remember one day we were walking the lake and uh, we were in the middle of training for competition, our very first one. And Angelica was like, why don't we start our own community? You know, why don't we start our own dance company? Yeah, we wanted to start in Lakesh um, so that there could be that integration of the Afro-Latin dance community with the queer community because it was very separate, yeah. you know. And so we wanted to yeah, really bring both communities together and really provide a space where we can lead by example, where we can, you know, be inclusive and everyone is welcome. Um, And it was something that was so special and hadn't been done before, you know, and to create that in Oakland was also really special. And so, and we're still doing it. (laughs) And it really grew also out of the desire that we just, we knew the joy, the benefits that we get from Afro-Latin dance. It's our culture, it's who we are, we love it. And I also understood why there weren't very many, you know, queer and trans people going. The mm-hmm. water was cold, it was frigid. Mm-hmm. And so In Lakesh was born to kind of make the, wa- the the water a little bit warmer and say, let's try it, you know, um, invite the, the queer and trans community to, to partake in this, in this art, in this mm-hmm. activity. In La Keche hosts their classes at the Orange Room in West Oakland. When I went there, it felt like being invited into someone's home. String lights lined the ceiling, long maroon curtains were draped over comfy velvet couches. Everything about it was warm. Yellow lighting, cozy heat, and the sound of old and new friends greeting each other. Once everyone arrived, class got started. The dancers sat on the floor, and when it was their turn to show everyone what they'd learned, everyone paired up based on how they preferred to dance either by leading or by following. Also saborear la música un poquito. It just, sometimes it just feels like the next thing, the next thing, the poor follow is like, you know, what's next, what's next, right? So there's just times that, am I wrong follow? Don't you like just a moment to just like breathe a little bit? And you know what I mean? Like it's nice, you know? Even though I just met everyone, people introduced themselves to me, we danced together and we ate together. I knew that I'd found a pocket of community that wouldn't pass judgment about how I carry myself, how I dress, or in this case, how I like to dance. We'll talk about inclusivity, how the Queer Afro-Latin Dance Festival was founded, and more, right after this. Hi, 
I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Special access to cool events, behind the scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org/slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Okay, let me be honest. When I got to the studio, the first thing I noticed was the food. A white folding table was set up in the back, stuffed with cookies, crackers, cheese, soda, you know, party snacks. During the class, everyone took turns dancing in pairs. They moved their hips to the music, pulled off tight footwork and even tighter turns, and then Angelica and Jahaira gave them advice and tips. And then y'all can also let go and have fun. Like, yes, all those elements. Bravo. <laughs> At the end of the class, the room broke up into social dancing. The playlist was ready, the snacks were laid out, and everyone had the opportunity to mingle, chill, and dance as they pleased. As it turns out, I'd showed up on a day when they were culminating an eight-week beginner series. We always like to end the series with a celebration. Yes. Let's all eat together. Let's we all do, dance. We do, however, have like a social dancing component at the end of each class where we do rotate and social dance with each other. It's a social dancing series, so we want to practice that feeling of improvising with another human being, right, and connecting with them. I mean, it feels so good. You were there. You felt it. It's like, oh, now we get to like intermingle and get to know each other. And and we don't know what's going on in people's lives. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't know if people are alone, uh, if they don't have a community or what kind of situation they're in. So this really is an opportunity for people to tap in and, and connect and, and be seen and, and, and appreciated. I, we always like to end our class reminding people that they are loved. You know, beyond measure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're loved beyond measure. (laughs) It's like a little prayer. (laughs) You know, everyone's used to Latin dance having this very strict boy girl type Mm -hmm. of model. And so I was wondering what steps do you take to make Latin dance an inclusive experience? Well, we have community agreements that we kind of go over. Um, at the beginning of each series um, with our students um, and that really like helps us ground um, in there like we talk about consent we talk about sexual harassment we talk about not making assumptions leading and following have nothing to do with gender you know and so essentially we normalize a space where you can show up as your authentic self we never want to say that it's like this difficult thing we actually would love it if other dance companies kind of followed suit in that Mm -hmm. even if they're not a queer and trans dance Mm -hmm. company but to just like allow people to show up however they want they can lead or Mm -hmm. follow 
being who we are as human beings, Angelica and I, we could never reject someone based on something that they can't control. We would never be able to do that. So mm-hmm. um, we made it open. We are an inclusive space. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, we are queer and trans, but we are inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. We center queer and trans folks, you know, and we welcome allies. And we always let them know, you know, ally is a verb. It's an action, right? <laughs> you, we call you our allies. You don't identify as, <laughs> as an ally, right? And so just making that clear because it can, it can, the dynamics do shift, right? Where it, when it's exclusive versus inclusive. How does it feel to separate the leader follower aspect from masculine and feminine? Because even outside of dancing, I feel like especially leaders, people are like, oh, yeah, it's a masculine thing. Mm, And so, like, yeah, I was wondering how it feels to have an environment where that doesn't necessarily those things don't have to be linked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels liberating to me. It feels like as human beings, like we are so there's such a uh, spectrum Mm -hmm. that we um, encompass and so I feel that f- to allow folks to show up however uh, if you want to come on Wednesday uh, the first Wednesday of the month and you want to lead that's great you want to try follow the next week that's also amazing you know we are there to support that we love folks who switch we encourage switching in our classes we do teach one role at a time because it is more beginner level but yeah, we uh, we do want to create that yeah. that culture because it can be because it is binary, right? There's a lead and follow. Mm-hmm. It, it's easy to still get it caught up in those dynamics right. and those roles, right? Of the leader is more masculine presenting mm-hmm. and the follows more, which we kind of fall into, right? With me presenting exactly. more masculine. Are you someone who tends to take on leadership roles and you're always like, you know, leading a team or leading that? So maybe in dance, you want to kind of step back and you want to just allow yourself to follow and relax and see what the benefits are for that. And then vice versa, right? If you feel like you don't, you know, take up as much space, then you can do that here and try taking that leadership role and try being a leader regardless. Um, of your, you know, gender expression. So we do, we do kind of frame it in that way. And I think I always say dance is life, life is dance, right? They're not separate, they're together. Like how we show up in dance is how we show up in life. And so I try to make those connections for our students. You know the saying, art imitates life? Well, not everyone gets to have that representation or to see themselves in the art they love the most. It's one thing to make art, to sing or to dance, After that, though, we need spaces to share art with each other. In La Keche brings a queer inclusive space to learn salsa and bachata with the community. But the Queer Afro-Latin Dance Festival offers its participants a chance to perform for a much larger audience. Speaking of the Queer Afro-Latin Dance Festival, (laughs) tell me about that. Your students help create it, right? It gets very tricky for our community, you know, um, because and it happened several times. Yes, sorry to interrupt, but it happened several times where our students were harmed, and harm was caused at these festivals. It really came from them to want to create a space where they didn't have to experience the transphobia and homophobia in these festivals, and so. They were like, let's create a festival, let's do it. And it was so incredibly, I'm like, I don't even know how we did that because we started in like Gesh in 2017 and then we had a festival in June. So less than a year, we had created a festival, you know, and it was so special. Like even it was started really small, started at Trillion Dance Studios and then we went to the Asian Cultural Center in Oakland and it was just like so intimate and so 
wonderful. And then from there, it just started growing. Um, we had a lot of energy from our students and our community to support us. And so now we're going to do our sixth annual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in 2022, we, mm-hmm. we moved into a hotel. Um, so we definitely grew in size. Mm-hmm. And wow, what an opportunity for us to create an event where queer black and brown people can come and participate in something that comes from them and heal from it and get all the great stuff from it that we didn't feel like we could before. Um, and so that is, in a nutshell, what the Queer Afro Latin Dance Festival is. We reach out to different queer and trans artists from different parts of the globe. We, we've brought people from Europe, uh, Mexico, Canada. For three days, there's all kinds of workshops during the day. There's like three pool parties, a pool party every day of the of the weekend extravagant mm-hmm. beautiful showcases mm-hmm. celebrating queer and trans afro lion dancers and then we dance till five in the morning and we do that for three days as teachers and dancers what specific moment had the most impact on you one moment that to me stands out forever is at the second annual queer afro lion dance festival the workshops are happening at the moment and angelica and i are walking down the lobbies just kind of making sure that everything's okay and there's this little adorable little gay boy, like, on the floor, um, changing his shoes or something, changing their shoes. And um, and they, like, grabbed my arm, and they were like, I have to ask you, do you th- is this how straight people feel every day of their lives, the way we feel here in this weekend? And that, to me, like, I'll, I have never been able to forget that. Like, immediately I choked up because it was like, my gosh, like, we live with this every day of our lives like Angelica said dealing with microaggressions dealing with like is it okay the way I look is it okay can I can I write that line how much of myself can I really be you know and he brought that all to to the forefront with just that simple question is this how straight people feel every day and I said I imagine so (laughs) you know know, but it, it was just very powerful for me how would you describe queer joy? Um, I think queer joy is an act of resistance. I think our community has, you know, got any really any community who's gone through oppression and deep layers of, you know, microaggressions on a daily basis, right? Like, I believe that oppression does get stored in the body. Any type of trauma gets stored in the body. And so um, the fact that we can experience it is us, like, resisting that oppression it mm-hmm. is like that it is an essentially fighting back right like um and i think queer joy is also um amplified when it is also done in a way that is ceremonial and, and in a celebration of our resistance right um and our sacrifices and just existing and being ourselves like i feel like queer joy makes life better <laughs> like makes this world a better place yeah. you know like Black and brown joy, queer joy, trans joy, like all of that is so essential to our healing, not only as a community, but in the world. I'd like to give many, many thanks to Angelica Medina and Jahaira Fajardo. The haven you've created within La Keche and the Queer Afro-Latin Dance Festival is one this community needs. I hope that In La Keche gives back to you all of the joy that it's given to the queer community in Oakland. 
Regardless of your experience level, if you'd like to take classes at Inla Kesh, check out their website at inlakeshdance.com. Inla Kesh is spelled I-N-L-A-K apostrophe E-C-H. The Queer Afro-Latin Dance Festival takes place every summer. If you'd like to learn more, head to queerafrolatindancefestival.com. Don't forget to follow Inla Kesh on Instagram at, you guessed it, Inla Kesh Dance. This Right Nowish episode was hosted by me, Cherie Bishop. Chris Hambrick is our editor, Christopher Beale is our engineer. The Right Nowish team also includes Pendarvis Harshaw, Marisol Medina Cadena, and Jorge Olivares. Additional support from Jen Chien, Katie Sprenger, Cesar Saldana, and Holly Kernan. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.